Hello and welcome to Ashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I'm Aaron. And I'm Ashley. We are back with another special episode of Mashley at the Movies. It's 31 Days of Halloween, where every day in October we are dropping a new podcast. <laughs> uh, and it's about a movie in the horror, thriller, or mystery genre. And we typically are talking about movies that are of at least of a certain age or vintage here. So a lot of these will uh, contain some spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, um, maybe, you know... Uh, beware. So, <laughs> that being said, today we're going to talk about The Frighteners, and Aaron's going to tell us about it. Uh, the Frighteners is a 1996 film directed by Peter Jackson. Stars, there, there's a lot more to the plot than what I'm about to say, but <laughs> the movie stars Michael J. Fox, and he is in a car accident that uh, kills his wife, and he discovers after that that he has paranormal abilities that allow him to communicate with ghosts. And he is essentially running what can really only be described as a shyster operation <laughs> where he has ghost friends that he sends into people's houses to haunt the place and then they strategically leave business cards <laughs> that ensure that they're going to call him to come and rid the house of ghosts. That's the basic plot. But there's a, a whole lot more to it that I think I imagine we'll probably get into here in our in our discussion about this movie. So um, I saw this film for the first time today, preparing <laughs> for this podcast. Um, I'll, I'll start with with the positive things. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't bored. Um, it kept my my attention, you know, the whole time. Um, I love Michael J. Fox, and he's good in this. And the movie is very lucky to have him. Um, he. Um, you know, he's he's one of those actors that you can just always kind of identify with, and and um, he's just a pleasure to to watch. Um, it has a, an effective score from Danny Elfman. Um, aside from that, I felt like the movie was a bit of a mess. It it goes from really goofy juvenile humor um, to um, very serious and kind of dark, scary um, content. It, it, it just tonally was, was off for me. And it's very frenetic. I mean, it's just like nonstop, act, nonstop special effects. Um, it, I felt like it relies too much on special effects. Um, yeah, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't dig it, unfortunately. So this was uh, one of my favorite movies from the '90s, and uh, rewatching it with Ashley in preparation for this, it it dropped a little bit in my esteem. Um, <clears throat> kind of for what Ashley was saying, it's a it, the it is it's very frenetic and it's very something's I don't know it doesn't quite come together in the way that it should. Um, tonally, I think is what Ashley said, and th sometimes the tone is off. But that being said, there's still so much love I've had for this movie for you know 23 years that uh, I still I still quite like it. Um, <clears throat> it's I will I will say this I felt a little exhausted after watching it. <laughs> there's just so much going on, but you know Michael J. Fox is just you know unfortunately you know health issues have kind of kept him out of the spotlight. 
at least in, in like major roles, you know, over the last few years, which is, I think is a shame because I'm reminded watching this, uh, how, how wonderful, you know, uh, of an actor he is. And, you know, going back to the eighties when he was doing like back to the future, secret of my success. Uh, he was even charming. He managed to even be the one bright spot in like teen wolf. Right. <laughs> um, and then this one, you know, in, into the nineties, right. Um, he was still, you know, great. And, He's like one like the, the best part of the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. But the special effects are also good, and watching this movie reminded me of Peter Jackson, the director. His other movie that uh, is called Dead Alive. The the, the frenetic nature of this, uh, the frenzied nature of this, is just you know, reminded me of that. Um, and this movie has um, it manages to hit me on an emotional level. Um, you know, so Michael J. Fox's character's wife had died five years earlier before the start of this film, and that was that was you know I felt he conveyed that the movie conveyed you know the the the, the issues his life had had since mm-hmm. her death, and then um, the thing I remembered from the first time I watched it, uh, and even I felt it now when I rewatched it was um, his ghost friends. And how, like, they all seem to be killed at some point. It sounds weird to be saying a ghost gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're all interesting and stuff. And two of them particularly are, are kind of funny, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks like the, the Grim Reaper ghost that comes in here, like, it looks looks like the, the, that Grim Reaper ghost um, does away with them. And I remember just being, uh, you know, mortified at that when I first saw the movie. So, yeah. <laughs> You guys are breaking my heart. <laughs> I uh, I actually said when I walked into their house that I can't wait to talk about the Frighteners. <laughs> and then it's going to be difficult for me to talk about the Frighteners without sounding like the biggest geek that ever did geek. <laughs> I really, really, really like this movie. And I like it a lot. I, I agree with Ashley qu- quite a bit, actually, on the, 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 the tonal problems with the mm-hmm. film. But they don't bother me. I mean, I, I think there's something to. I think there's something to be said for there's there's certain elements of the movie that are particular particularly goofy. Um, particular character de- de- description. De- mm-hmm. Particular character depictions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so engaged in the story that I it it doesn't it it doesn't bother me. Um, the special effects. Does it rely too heavily on special effects? Maybe, possibly, but again, I don't care. I was so wowed by what I was seeing on screen. I think if the movie, I, I think the the plot relies maybe a little too heavily on coincidence. Um, you know that he was involved on this day, and then it turns out he's involved with the same people later, and you know on, on mm-hmm. this day. Uh, but again, it 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 just it doesn't bother me. I I've loved this movie since I first saw it and, and I, I just watched it again recently, my, uh, you know, for the, for, for maybe the 30th or 40th time. <laughs> I, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite horror films, but with that said, I don't really think of it as a horror film. Mm-hmm. I think of it as a, as a comedy with horror elements mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't think it's intended to be a, a horror film. I, I don't, I don't find it per- particularly scary and some of the things that are that would be considered scary are are kind of depicted in in, in a goofy manner 
Um, we were the Jeffrey Combs, who I Matt is not a fan of, and I, I agree with him. <laughs> he's he, he's just a weird little actor. <laughs> he, he's like Crispin Glover without being likable. Um, <laughs> and the character that he plays is just deeply off the rails, disturbed to to a to a point where it stops being funny. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where it's, it's, this is supposed to be a comedy and this this stopped being funny because you're so deeply disturbed. But the ghosts, there's there's a lot of humor in the ghosts and uh, Michael J. Fox being, you know, in, in the heat of the action and he's being helped by the ghosts because they're carrying tables away, you know, whatever. People think that, you know, the place is, is haunted. <laughs> uh, there's just, there's, there's, some, there's, there's something magical about this movie to me. And, and I've, like to the point of like I can't even articulate <laughs> why, why I like it so much. Well, something we haven't even talked about, I don't think yet, which I want to bring up particularly because it's a major plot point, but also there's something tangential to it. But um, one of the major threads is there's there's these murders happening. Right. <clears throat> um, people are dying, like healthy people with right. good clean arteries are mm-hmm. having heart attacks. Yeah. And. And it's a Grim Reaper-style spirit that's running around um, doing this. Which, of course, Michael their... J. Fox can see. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's kind of one of the big things going on in this movie. Um, what's interesting is, and, and this really stood out to me, the, uh, watching it again today, uh, was the there's some exposition dumps in this movie that don't work. In the sense that, you know, you can do exposition dumps in a movie and make it to where it comes out well, you know. But, um, like, we also see, early on in this movie, a television report about murders that took place at a, like, a hospital. Hospital. Um, Sanitarium. Yeah. Yeah. A couple decades earlier, Mm -hmm. where it was... Uh, a young orderly working there, and then they also thought his girlfriend might have been involved as well. And that whole... I mean, you need to know this <laughs> for this movie to work, right? But it just... When it started, I'm like, you could just hear the clunk <laughs> as they shifted over to an expositionary scene. We're like, we need to get this information to the to the viewer, so that we're going to do it in the form of a news program that this woman is watching... Because at bedtime. At bedtime. <laughs> um, it, was and, a, it was a video, wasn't yeah. it? It was like a, the, the best of murder like yeah. video. And the reason that we needed to know all this is because the young orderly who committed the crimes and was then executed, it's his spirit that's coming back Grim Reaper style right. and committing these murders. Right. Um, and, and that's what I was talking about in coincidence because it also turns out that he is responsible for the death of Michael J. Fox's wife. Yes. Which they spell out to you. Oh, yeah. Like, you you know, if you have any kind of intelligence and you're watching this, you, you're getting it, right? right? If things are coming together, you're like, okay, I get it, I get it. But no, they have to give you flashback scenes. <laughs> they give you flashback scenes of when he, uh, the, the, the orderly and his girlfriend were committing the murders in the hospital, which that kind of works because it's actually somewhat effective. It's right. weird. It's, it's interesting to see that. You know, happening. But then, yeah, they show you a flashback of when he kills Michael J. Fox's wife. And at that point, you're like, okay. No, I, they, I, they actually do it even stranger than that. And, and you guys are not changing my mind about this movie. Okay? <laughs> but I, but I'm, I, I, I agree with you. They do it even stranger than that. They do, they do a series of flashbacks, but each time there's a flashback, you see a little more. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a flashback to his wife dying, and then there's a flashback to this happening, and then there's a flashback to, oh, oh my gosh, here's the spirit. Okay, mm-hmm. and then here's a flashback of, oh, the spirit removes his mask, and guess who it is? So they do it over a string of flashbacks, which is yeah. actually just time-consuming. <laughs> and, and what's weird is they, they, they treat you like you're intelligent challenge, you know, intelligence mm-hmm. challenge yeah. about certain things. But there's other, other things that I kind of want a little bit more explanation on. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like the movie opens, if I remember correctly, <laughs> this was just a few hours ago I watched it again, but the movie opens with a scene in this old house right? where Dee Wallace Stone is a great actress um, known for, like, she was in The Howling, I think. E.T. And, uh, and e. She's e. the mother in yeah. E.T. But um, Dee Wallace Stone, her character, is grown up now. She is the girlfriend of the orderly who went on the rampage. Right. We don't know that at first, but we see her being chased around this old house she's living in with her mom. And she's being chased by what we find out later is the evil, malevolent spirit of her orderly boyfriend. Right. Who's escaped from hell, and he's he goes through the walls chasing right. her. And as we find out later on, I mean, and she's terrified, right? Right. And we find out later on that she's being, like, choked by him, I think, mm-hmm. and abused by him physically, and all that other kind of stuff. Terrorized, basically. Right. right? But then we find out in the big reveal later on that, you know, um, no, like they're still in love with each other. And he treats her lovingly and he's caressing her cheek. The ghost, the spirit of him is caressing her, her lifeless cheek. And, and they're like laughing and she murders her mom because another character comes over and wants to go to the police. And so she murders her mom because, and again, there's no reason I have there because she right. murders her mom. And I'm sitting there. So first of all, I have questions like, why did we get this? I know why we got this opening scene. The opening scene is arresting. It's like, oh my gosh, what's yeah, happening? Yeah. This woman's being chased around this old house by this spirit in this wall. Like carpets. Yeah. <laughs> so I know why they did it because it pulls the viewer in immediately. But in hindsight, I'm like... Why is her boyfriend, who they're in love together, why is the spirit of her boyfriend terrorizing her? And why is she, does he seem genuinely terrified? Why is he giving her, like, uh, why is he choking her? Unless, I mean, I guess the reason I could see is maybe, maybe she's one of those couples that she likes that. I don't know. That's really weird. <laughs> that's really twisted. But, you know, maybe she's like that. And then the other thing that I wanted to explain was... She's living with her mom because she actually did go to, to prison for right. the murders at the hospital. Uh, it was a life sentence, but for whatever reason, they let her out on a conditionary, paro- conditionary parole that she had to live with, I guess, her mom or something. House arrest. Yes. Yeah. House arrest. Uh, yeah, house arrest. Right. Um, so she's there living with her mom, and her mom doesn't like her. Her mom keeps her under, you know, the figurative ball and chain, and... And then finally, like I said, this character comes over toward the end and says, hey, we need to go to the police. So then Dee Wallace Stone's character kills her mom, and then we see that she's and this spirit of her boyfriend are still together. Anyway, all of that is to say, why didn't they do away with her mom earlier? The only thing I could think of was... Like she didn't have a job and she needed a house to stay in, and so if her mom had died, I, I have no idea. I, and I'm trying to, if there's evidence to support what I, what I'm thinking in the movie. I don't think that she realized that, that the spirit was him. Oh, no, she knows him. Is it possible that she didn't realize that the spirit was <laughs> I him? I can't remember. I can't remember. I mean, that, that, that's, that, that's a really good point. And, yeah. I had, and again, you're not changing my mind about this. <laughs> well, well why, why wouldn't the spirit... Okay, let's say for the sake of argument, which I don't think it's correct, but let's say that <laughs> until the very end... She didn't know it was him. But by the way, one reason I don't think that's the case is that she, there was no surprise 
um, in her the when it's know, revealed. Yeah, you, you are right. Um, and it but, still begs the question: Why was he chasing her and frightening her? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I always thought that he was trying to kill her so they could be together. Um, that's what I always thought. Hmm. But see, here's the thing. I want the movie to explain that to me. <laughs> I, I am dumb enough that I need that laid out for me. <laughs> but, you know, I wasn't dumb enough to where I couldn't understand the, you know, what was going on with Michael J. Fox and his, ex, his deceased wife and all that kind of stuff. I know. Yeah. You bring up a really good point. That's a, that's a really good point. Well, that's bugged me ever since I first saw it. Um, it, it's never even occurred to me. I've, I've always been so lost. And, and <laughs> it's funny that you guys use the word frenetic because that's, that's, that's exactly, it, I mean, it is. And that's, you can get away with things when things are moving so fast. You right. Just, you don't have time to think about them. And I've, and I've always been so caught up in how quickly the movie moves and mm-hmm. how, it, how it goes from one set piece to the other. Like the, the first time I ever saw the movie, the sequence in the bathroom when the Reaper comes out of the mirror, mm. that was just like, mm-hmm. wow, that was cool. And the way it jumped from car to car as he's chasing mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I was always just, you know, and I'm, I, I just, I don't, I don't believe that every, yeah, I would never give a 10, a rating of 10 to any movie. Cause I don't <laughs> think any movie is perfect. You know, uh, it, it, that's, so the, the, those, those things have never really bothered me about the movie. I was so caught up in it and having so much fun watching it. And that's why I've always I've always liked it. But you bring up a very good point. Um, I just wanted to say that I I probably would have appreciated it more as a as a comedy horror or a comedy with horror elements, mm-hmm. as you said, if I thought the comedy worked. But the comedy didn't even work for me. <laughs> I mean, I thought the ghosts were more annoying than funny. I kind of liked John Aston, the judge, the judge. Yeah. Until he started humping a mummy, yeah. which I thought was just a bit too far and a bit, yeah. kind of bad taste. And his comment afterward, too, yeah, especially today. I mean, it doesn't, it's not, ugh, yeah. Yeah, in the era of Me Too. Yeah. It doesn't really... um, <laughs> yeah, so, and they do away with his character, though, and you never see his character again, so. And he was, was my favorite ghost. <laughs> Despite the mummy humping. Despite the mummy <laughs> humping. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Frighteners. More, more mummy humping than any other movie. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> the comedy was interesting. So the comedy didn't work as well for me watching it like just Ashley and I watching it in our living room as it did um, when I saw it the first time. And it, it's interesting that you bring that up, Ashley, because I'm, I'm remembering now that... When I saw it, I, I saw it in the theater, and for whatever reason, I went by myself, and it was a packed audience, <laughs> and the audience was really into the humor. And now I'm thinking about it, I remember not being as into the humor as the audience was, but I kind of laughed because everyone else was laughing. Oh, yeah. Infectious laughter. But the scene with the mummy, I mean, people <laughs> loved that, right? <laughs> um, I remember there's a scene in here that the audience went crazy for, uh, which is when Arlie Ermey shows up. Yeah. who was the drill sergeant or whatever from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. He's basically doing the same character yeah. here. And he, you know, he gets, character gets killed in Full Metal Jacket. And I don't know whether we're just kind of just kind of supposed to kind of think maybe this is the same character's ghost but or whatever, but yeah. he's doing mm-hmm. this same shtick. And, boy, my the audience I was with in 96, they just loved that scene. I'm watching it today, and I'm like, this his cameo could have been about 30 seconds briefer. It, yeah. it goes on too long. But yeah. 
I didn't realize he was from Full Metal Jacket. You yeah. yeah. The, Arlie yeah. Ermey. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how much of a crossover audience there actually is. Well, Arlie Ermey in real life was actually a drill sergeant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And understand, too, when this movie came out, it was just like nine years after Full Metal Jacket. Jacket. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, what do you give this out? Ten. You, Aaron. You're asking me? Yeah. I give it a 7.5. Okay. Oh, that's much lower than I expected. I give it a seven. Um, I'm going to give it a five. Ouch. <laughs> so our score is a 6.5, and it's on the tomato meter with a 63% fresh rating. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank, Thank you. you.